Good evening. Was it like 10 o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah. Five minutes to 10. Right here. Yeah. Uh, wow. We we just popped off some uh some, some promos. Some, work, some promos. Yeah. Some promos, man, before we came on. So where where are you in Germany? Oh, uh, I'm in Hanover. Oh, okay. The north, it's capital of uh, Lower Saxony. My my, my, my family, that. my family's from Germany. Like my, my dad was, was born there. I was going to ask you that because of the name. The yeah. Name. yeah. I, have, I actually have a friend with the same family name. Yeah. 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 My dad is, uh, my dad was born in Germany. Um, cool. He was born in Premich and uh, he's, uh, his, his parents were born there. My mom's parents were born there. Uh, cool. So we're, we're, uh, I've been to Germany, but I mean, it's, uh, uh, yeah. it's really nice there. Yeah. My mom's been there too. She has some good friends there too. My mom travels a lot. My mom went to to a college in Pittman's College in England. You know, she started in the Caribbean, so she had met a lot of German. Yeah, so you know, from school and stuff, and actually a lot of German, even uh, Rickshaw from Taipei, German too, right? Uh, my label label partner, Andy Label and stuff we work with. So always have that connection. And hip hop, actually, even hip hop, man. Germany's been like the capital for uh, like. The center for selling hip hop for like forever from like the late eighties. Did you know that? Both uh, that Germany was the. I mean, like it's one of the major markets for selling hip hop. Like since like the eight late eighties, like long time ago. Unlike real hip hop, always sold. Uh, even Groove Attack, you know the label Groove Attack. That was like a hip hop. Groove Attack. Yeah, but that's why they were hip hop. They were a big label. They got all their like back into hip hop, and then they moved on. Right, they're not really. Right, I know because we had the link um, when me and Tough Dumpling did the Super Rapid, yeah. and I had distribution. I had distribution for my indie from back in the day. So that's how I knew. And those records went, man. Man, like 5,000 records gone, dude. Oh. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, it was crazy, dude. We get orders 5,000 records, dude, and you get the money in the bank and you just ship it. Oh, if, you was hot, if you was hot, man, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Japan was crazy, too. So yeah. in Japan, out of, yeah. it would be obviously London. Germany, Japan, and then obviously, you know, the parts in the States. Yeah. So yeah. you're sitting, you got some history where you, some history actually for hip hop that goes back, back a long time. Makes yeah. sense that we doing, doing what we're doing actually, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Germany, first time I, I got in contact with hip hop was like 1984. And, but that was breakdance. That, that was when breakdance got big here, over here in Germany. You started as a dancer too? I was a break dancer first. So was I, man. I'm not a free good one. <laughs> Bro, I was okay too. That's why you finally got to get a sign. You have to see. Oh, shit. Did you break that? Do it to Austin. Did you break that? You I did not. Break? I did not do the break dancing. No. You tried. Come on. You no. might have tried. Would you do the worm and then you, you hit your chin and you're like, that's it. Well, I, I think everybody did the worm. I mean, that was just, <laughs> that was part of it, but I wasn't like, I didn't classify myself as a break dancer. <laughs> Uh, I, I still have a few moves. I was okay. I was okay, but I wasn't. It's like I was one of them dudes. If I can't be in the in the in the A plus grade, you know what I mean? I'm gonna fall back. You know what I mean? Let the real people. That's that's how I view music, anyways. Even hip hop, like, even artists. If you are like on a certain caliber of skill, I'm like, there's enough skilled people that's amazing at it. Why are you taking up their space? So I always had that kind of attitude. But yeah, that's cool. So what? Uh, how old were you when you first encountered hip hop? You said it was 1984. Was it yeah, was the yeah, year, right? I was like 14 then, 13, 14. Yeah. I'm 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 51 now. Oh really? Yeah. We're the same age, too. Do I don't even know that, dude? You're yeah. 1970, dude. It's 1970. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't even ask. <laughs> this is crazy. You see, when I when I when I mean Dry Thoughts and Top of this, I go, this interview's gonna be interesting because we only met like People know us through working musically, and that's pretty much like how we met. And we just been doing these voice messages back and forth. But wow, that's so crazy! We had all that in. It makes sense now, and a lot of other reasons musically why you get me. I don't have to explain stuff because we have the same timeline. Yeah, yeah. The only difference is I was in New York. Like when you were seeing those songs back at that time, I was actually going back my whole life back, so I could actually go and come home. I actually could touch hip hop in Mecca. You know what I mean? But uh, dope, man. So what you went from from uh you went from breaking break to what happened? I was did, did you DJ at all? Did you DJ at all? Do you DJ? No? No, 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 I didn't DJ, but I was rapping. I was rapping for I think almost 15 years. I got really? I actually got albums and shit. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, so we gotta do a joint, man. All right, that's, the, that's what we're doing next. I'm gonna get you on the track. No, when I was rapping, I was already always digging for samples, and I always had my my people that who was producing. I always got them. I gave them the samples I wanted to uh, to have on the tracks. Like you know, you gotta cut that, chop that, and I didn't know how to do that. But then at some point, I started to do it myself, and then. The who, are the, who are the guys when you, at that? Because this is crucial information. Okay, at that time, because I love this time. This is the innocence time. You know, you just find yourself. So at that time, when what was your MC name first? And second question, two part question: Who were the first two producers that you met? Like you know that first home you go to and you see a producer with the equipment. How did yeah. that happen? Exactly. Yeah. How did that, tell the story? Like, what was your rapper name? And who were the two guys that you would go to and, I, I had and give the that. samples to? Actually, sir. Yeah. So my first, for my first, my, my first rap name was really corny. It was a uh, cool kid B. <laughs> I mean that that's eighties, bro. <laughs> hey, you want to hear mine? RMD, Rap Master D. See the same timeline. Those are sound the same. Everyone had those, but at that time, that was the name S thing, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm rap Master D. Oh, RMD. I used to draw the RMD in English all day. RMD. <laughs> <laughs> I had like a crest. I still have it somewhere. I gotta find. So yeah. So you were okay. So that was your name. And then from that, like, did you were, were you recording with that name? Yeah, demos. Oh, no, 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 no. With that name, was, like, that's just high school on the table, or like going to high school and lunchroom on the table type stuff. So yeah. we started recording. What was your MC name? Or you two name guys? Was, uh, um, I changed my name to. Uh, I had three names, right? So the next name was Mike Player Maniac. <laughs> <laughs> Step it up. Stepped up a little bit. And my last name, and that's what the name I um, actually did albums and EPs with. I also was in a few groups. Uh, um, um, that was egocentric. Oh, that's a that's a dope name. Yeah, that's my that was my rap name. <laughs> egocentric. egocentric you, that, it, does that still exist? That's a really good name, man. Yeah. It's like Afrocentric, but I'm, egocentric. I'm to the game, you know, to the hip hop mm -hmm. game. I didn't like the the I was, I'm not a hater or anything, but I didn't like a lot of things in hip hop, you know, like the, how the people behaved and stuff and like post and, you know, there, there was something that turned me off. So I was always like, I was totally into boom bap hip hop, you know what I mean? What was this? So people don't know, so people don't know, because you're in Germany, you're talking about uh, Hanover and stuff. What was the scene like then? Like, did you guys have shows? I know you guys had a big market. Were you going to like concerts every month kind of thing? Like, what was that time like? I mean, there was a time, you know, hip-hop really got big when, when they started to rap in German, you know, because before everyone tried to rap in English, myself too. Mm -hmm. yeah. I always rapped in English, actually, but never rapped in German. But um, when, uh, when, when, when that kind of became big, then, then money got in, and, and major record labels tried to sign rappers, and, and even until now, uh -huh. can make money, actually, here. You know, what year was that? Yeah, yeah. What so year? What year did all times like in the late '80s and in the first half of the '90s? We really had like hip hop jams. Like we really traveled from town to town, and there were like breakers, graffiti artists, DJs, rappers. And they did little shows or freestyle sessions and shit. That shit was dope as fuck, man. Back in the days, though. But know? that started getting a little crazy, like you said, with the you know, hip hop has that edge to it. And you didn't like all the, uh, I guess all the, you know, the static, the battles, the, you that know. Was, no, but then, then they started. Not the battles, but sometimes the battles get out of control. You know what I mean? That's yeah. right. Yeah. So when they, when they tried to, to copy the gangster stuff from, from the States, and then it became, it became ridiculous. You know I mean? That, that's the time when I also, uh, it's not worth it. Like, you know, it was, it was weird. It's not all of them like that, you know, but there was pretty good scene in Germany and really a big movement, you know. Mm -hmm. they, they had shows on TV, like real hip hop shows on TV. Like we have, a, we had, used to have a German music channel called Viva, you know, and, and they, they had every week a, a hip hop show where they was inviting American artists to interview them and show the latest videos. And, from Germany, music, stuff like that, you know, it was quite it was like an MTV or like the box kind of channel, right? Yeah, yeah, like your yeah. TV raps the German version, <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. But the, the people who ran the show or were moderating the show, they were like b boys or DJs, they were really heavily. No, it was on the streets, 
it was on the street like street level right it was authentic yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it was cool though. well yeah. that's what you remark is known for <laughs> excuse me one cool thing coming from north america and you coming from europe one thing that people really admire is that like from what i know at least and what i hear is like and even mark is like the european market supports like authentic hip-hop there's yeah. a home for it and it's almost like if it wasn't existing if it wasn't for europe now i don't even think we'd even have it on the planet if you really look at what you know north america's really tapped into on the, on the masses right so so yeah it's nice to have that man so i can imagine germany with all the for the market and the sales and how it's always been so supportive it makes sense so what um what was the first day when you transitioned to like you know what i'm not i'm done the mc i'm not done with hip-hop but i want to produce when you realize you had that moment i know you said you were always giving these producers the samples did somebody lend you a machine how'd you get your first piece of equipment like did you just have that inkless and just go to the store how did it happen when you let and how did your first uh how did you produce your first track? Like, what was that like? So, um, so my uh, my uh, my main producer back in the days uh, was uh, DJ Briss Fingers, and um, yeah, actually, I, I we used to share a flat for all the time, and then he was making beats, I was writing rhymes, you know, and then we would we would go in the middle of the night, we go to the studio and record a song, stuff like that, you know, and I always watched him how he does this stuff. And at some point I said, man, give me that, that, that he was only working with the doll. You know, he didn't mm -hmm. use any like MPC uh, or whatever, you know, any equipment. He was he using use, something like free loops or just actual? Uh, 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 he, he used um, Samplitude. Actually, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Amplitude is quite good. You know, it's uh, it's not, not uh, you can do anything with it. Really mm -hmm. anything. You know, I mean, it's uh, record vocals. You can chop samples, everything. And if you have a controller, you can even use it like MP3 too. But um, that's how I started too. So I learned it and uh, later on, I was uh, also involving uh, in my production like MPC or uh, uh, keyboard, MIDI keyboard, stuff like that, drum machines, stuff like that, you know? So um, yeah, that was like early 2002 or something when I really started to make beats by myself, you know? And where do you come up with your ideas for your beats? Like some of these beats that you're sending over and that I'm listening to, uh, especially with like Denku with Thrust. Uh, Denku, we just had on our show as well. Uh, so he was like the last. Uh, so by the time this airs, he, uh, his his shows will have already aired. So uh, it's it's really interesting now that we've got you on as well. So how did you come up with your beats uh, when you're when you're making up uh, this music? So um, um, I have to say my wife, is from Asia, from the Philippines, and I used to live there. I used to live in Hong Kong for three years. That's my 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 producer name, Bo Fat. Is actually Cantonese. <laughs> uh, uh, it does have a meaning, which is kind of cool. But they gave me the name for other reasons than music, but mm. it's the music too because the meaning of Bo Fat is actually not Bo Fat. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's Bo Fat. Yeah. Uh, the thing is. Um, Oh shit! Let me say English. Um, it's uh, to preserve something, preserving something, not antique, but something. Uh, what's the word? To preserve something, something uh, valuable, like you know. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. It was a like different. Heritage. It's like preserving. It's like heritage or something that's like you preserve a heritage bill. I know what you mean. You're trying to find the the one word, but. Yeah, so, uh, it, it kind of makes sense in the sense of boom bap music or you know the the golden era time music, but mm -hmm. a lot of times my samples in my music that I use I actually shouldn't say it, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a lot of times I'm I'm like from the Philippines, I'm I'm digging music from or from Hong Kong or Chinese or Korea or Thailand. They also have like soul or funk music, you know, Western kind of type music. And you find the dope samples there, you know what I mean? And I chop That's it That's what, that, it makes sense now. You see, like I said, we're gonna learn stuff. Viewers, I'm learning too, I work with, for the viewers I know, we've done a lot of work together. For those, because not everybody, assume they know stuff. But I knew I was gonna figure that out. Ah, oh, so you have the Filipino connection too, yeah. in the sauce. <laughs> yeah, because your sound, when I hear you record, it's funny, you said, right? That was an awesome question, Director Awesome. That's what we call him, Director Awesome, you know? But uh, 
because I always wanted that too. I was like, yo, I know how you're doing your job, but there's stuff that's in there and there's a certain like, like swing. Influence. There's an influence. And an influence, yes. That's why I said swing. It's like jazz. Producers to me have a swing. Right. That makes a good producer because anybody can take a sample. Like, oh, yeah, sample. You can get producers the same. They did a test. They gave 100 producers the same beats, put them in the room, same machine, told yeah. them where the sample, boom. You know, it was only like seven of them other room made something that stood out. You know what I mean? And yeah. all those people I had, they took it and they put it in this. Look at Dilla. Dilla has a swing. Eric Sermon has a swing to his sound. Oh, yeah. That's when you write them, right? Producer Pete Rock has a swing. Premier has a swing. Dre, it's like a knock, high tech. The minute you hear it, too, you know, man, Havoc is a good example of it. Yeah, you remind yeah. me of Havoc. Havoc, oh, man. You remind I mean, me of Havoc. And that's why I never told you that because Havoc has a swing like you. And even when you get music from you, your music is like that, too. Like, if when you get, uh, and that's how I rhyme, too. I don't know if you know, that's how I rhyme. I rhyme like how you make me. I get, it improves a little. Oh, like man. I changed my style a little, just a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's like it's like fine wine. I call I call Havoc fine wine. His beast, it's so he makes these little subtle and it's not too much, but there's a swing, there's a thing to it. And when that little subtlety comes in and you add it's like it's like cooking. You were making the same dish at the restaurant serving it, but you throw in that one little thing every like eight weeks. Everybody yeah. loved the dish. It's oh he <laughs> did it again, man. Yeah. Right? Right, right. And, that, yeah. and that's what I hear. So when director asks me, sounds like, oh, that makes sense. Because that's the only way as a producer, I think you can um you can withstand over the long haul in this game. Even somebody as great as, as Timberland got played out because he didn't have that like that sauce in it. Like a lot of the good the awesome producers in the game, because they got so tight cast rappers too. It's like the DOS effects thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they did they changed the cut. But you really gotta tr- keep sort of like transforming. Us people just get so tight past you. Like Luke, like you're like, I only want to see Luke Hamill play play uh, uh, Luke Skywalker. I mean, Mark Hamill play Luke Skywalker. Yeah, see you know what I mean. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Yeah. So, so you have a whole. Uh, <laughs> all right, direct, direct, awesome. Since you got those, you got your questions ready. Any, anything else? Well, we well, I, I, like, I, I, well, you've worked with a ton of artists, I guess, in, in uh, over the years. How do you come to get those artists together to work with these uh, projects that you're working on? So um, actually, you know, the first more known artist I worked with was um, Kinetic Nine from Killer Army, and actually he contacted me on on my uh, on my my Facebook. I, I mean, I added him I added him at some point, and then in the middle of the night or something, all of a sudden I get a message from him on my on my Facebook Messenger. You know what I mean? And um, we, we talked and shit, and then and I was starting to work on my uh, first producer album. So I asked him, "Yeah, can we could could we do a track together, or can, could you do a verse and stuff like that?" And obviously, he wanted some money for that, but not much actually. So that was like the first known, more widely known uh, rapper I worked with. And then then I got to meet Tayamo Denko online, you know, uh, through Facebook. Something someone mentioned me to him, and then we got talk and uh, and actually the, the most most of the um famous artists i work with was because of Danku, you know um uh yeah so um because we started to work Danku made a track with me for my album and then then he had a fallout with his old producer and asked me if i could like redo a lot of his old tracks and i have been doing oh uh, you came in i didn't know so you were down from day one the listeners you can go back to um, our interview with Danku, it's a good time that you can actually go back and see it. And we actually talked about this in between and he talked about that producer. So you knew him, you guys met, actually, you actually met him like right from the jump and I guess when he was just getting really, really running with it again. Uh, I didn't realize, I thought it was a little bit later, but that makes sense now. Okay, cool. So you stepped in right at that time when he had the, he had, um, I mean, I mean, it's like an investor slash guy that was kind of working with him when he started, right? So first we, we did some tracks, some new, brand new tracks together. And then I noticed that his producer at this time, he still was working with his producer, always made some funny comments on, on when, when Denko said, hey, yo, that new beat you sent me was dope, blah, 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 right? And then he said, he said some, I don't know, I don't even know what, but uh, I say, I guess they, they got more and more in conflictions, more arguments and stuff like that until the point that they completely fell out. And so 
That's when Denko, and then the dude said he can't use any of his beats. So that's uh, why he asked me to redo the tracks, you know? So I know it's serious, eh? <laughs> you know, I never had those talks, but I always see it. Yo, you can't use my beats no more. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst thing you can say, man. Those, now, stories, don't have, those have, stories don't end up good for the person who says it. That person never ends up good at the end of the day, man. It's like better to let it be going, let it come out, and then you just move on quietly. You don't got to be, you got to be like that. But that was to your benefit, right? So oh, I guess we're, we're glad that happened. Definitely, because um, we wouldn't be sitting. Uh, that way, I got to probably, uh, I, I, really, by now, I think me and Denk will have about 400 songs, full, full songs done, but at least 150 or 200 songs are remade. I must have remade, yeah, 150, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so you can imagine, I was like nonstop. And I, I quite got good. Uh, uh, my skills got much better in, in remaking uh, songs but to that, you know what I mean? Because what I not did was listening to the song and try to remake exactly the song. You know, mm -hmm. I only listened to the song once just to get the BPM of the mm -hmm. song. So mm -hmm. once I had the BPM, I never listened to it anymore. You know what I mean? So I really did a brand new beat to it, and maybe even the mood of the beat changed from mm -hmm. happy to more dark, grimy stuff. Like you know what I mean? So, but it fit. You know, it was it was cool. You know, so the process that's so cool, man. Yeah, because and I'm not trying to copy the beat. You yeah. know, or even the 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 flavor of the beat. You know, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now through Denku. Who, who there's this whole connection now from Denku to yourself to Thrust is how you met, I guess, with Thrust as well, right? Denku and uh, yeah. Thrust, actually, you guys all connected with each other, right? Right, right. So uh, Denku, Denku said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, do an EP. First, it was an EP with, with a Canadian legendary rapper called Thrust. Uh, uh, I had to look it up and then I remembered, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard him before. I know, I know who he is. Say, yeah, cool, cool, send me whatever, and I sent some beats, and then he sent it to Plus. And from there, we got to talk, you know, and then, yeah, we, we decided to make more, you know. <laughs> By now, we nearly have four albums here, right? <laughs> if you think yeah, about it's it. true, dude. We're almost in the middle. We started, you know, we started like another one this week. <laughs> I think now you sent me today, you sent me that, that track. We're crazy. I think we already got six or seven new tracks already. That, that's album number four. So, you know, yeah. but that's how. Deku's a connector because that's how it happened. Because yeah. he literally he reached out to me like a year before on just on the low, like, yo, I want to do some track, I want to do a track with you. And I was like, Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? I was on, I was like, dude, I love doing tracks. So you're not from here. Where are you from? I was like, oh, you're not even from here, even better. Right. Mm -hmm. So we just did that quick, but I didn't know what he was taking it, right? Mm -hmm. I remember when I heard the beat though, I was like, this beat is dope. That's what's the first thing. I always tell you know what I always tell the and this is just, you know, MCs or producers who might want to work with me. As long as the beat is amazing, like yeah. the feel of the beat is amazing, and then I hear you and you're a good MC, like you can get hold your own, I'm on it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think most rappers are like that. Like you don't even think about the money if the beat's amazing because you want to have great art out there. So I was that beat, the beat was dope, man. Like, this beat is really good. I go, who did this beat? So right away, I was like, yo, yo let's do this quick. And I remember I jumped, boom, did it right away, sent it to him fast. But I didn't hear from him for a while, like one of those, like, you know, a year later. So that's when he called back the time you're talking about. And he's like, yo, he released a project before on, on, on 100 Mad. You know what I mean? That album you guys did. And then I didn't realize that Socrates was on. I go, oh, my God, Socrates. <laughs> yeah. Right? I didn't know where he was taking it. I go, this is even better. I always wanted to do a track with Socrates. He's from my hometown. We never really had a track. We had a remix that's out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, never had a real track together. So that's dope. And then the beats again, and I kept saying to him, I remember, you can ask, you can see in my mouth, I kept saying to Dave, I go, thank you, I go, yo, man, who's doing your beats, man? Oh, Every time I suck it, that's once I started working with him, he started linking me, then you're linked to his gram page. I kept seeing all the other tracks on the album, because you're on an album, then you check the rest of the album, right? Yeah. Like, yo, these beats are crazy. Yo, I can't, I go, yo, whoever's doing your, like, OFAT does all these beats, man? I couldn't believe you did all those beats. Yeah, yeah, all everything. Yeah, I know. I think Drake Lawson knows what I'm talking about because you're you're not like typecast like that. It makes sense yeah. when you talk about the influence. And it was a lot of stuff. And like he even said, the catalog we have. I'm like, oh, yo, man, it's the same guy. Like, wow, wow, wow. He can create all these different moods, man. Right? Because most producers can create one or two moods. You're versatile. I'm gonna give you your flowers. Right? You could create like 
you can paint a canvas. I, if it was a rainbow, you could do every color. And I think most producers can do like two or three colors. It's hard enough to do one color. You know what I mean? And when I say yeah, yeah, do it, yeah. I mean do it properly, not do it and just pull it off. All right. So you got that. You could probably do a commercial track too. You haven't done it. I know you could do it too because you're just one of those people you got to hear. So yeah. So then from that, he hit me and he's like, yo, no, I hit, I was the one because I thought we did the track and I go, I, and I saw the work ethic. I go, yo, thank you. I was like, if you want to do more tracks, let's go, man. Like, if you want to do another track, I go, because I wanted to do EPs and I saw he was dropping quick. And I said to him, like, yo, if you want to do an EP, let's do a five song EP. And it was just over that. And we're doing these voice messages back and forth. And then you came in the mix. I think you sent, it was September, man, 2021. I remember you sent the first batch of beats and it was like five beats on there. Oh my gosh. And I went to work and Danku was working. And that's when we started our, our schedule. And I said, I'm going to get you the verse when I come home. And Danku was like, I'm going to get you the verse when I come home. And I, all three of us have the same work ethic. I've never seen our work ethic before. Because we did it, we went from doing an EP, but within like four days, we had like, like I think four, we did a track a day. Wasn't it something crazy like that? Yeah. So yeah. We started on Monday. And by the weekend, we were, the EP was done. We were like talking, and we didn't want to stop. Like no one wanted to stop. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah, one yeah. said anything. So I was like, so I, thought, I, got, so I guess we, when it's the album now, we're like, yeah, okay, well, keep seeing the beats when it ends. And we did another one. Then we did another one. Then we did another one. Then we did another, dude, we did a record. This record, Nicer Than You, is coming out later September for the audience and for the fall. We did this record in what, four weeks? I think we did the record? Four weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. At least. I what mean, was it like for you? Because you was a producer. I know you, did you, like, you must have been going nuts because you're getting these verses back and forth. Every, can you explain what you don't that know, was like? I, I was going crazy <laughs> over here. Especially when we did that, that um, 1994 album because there's so many people involved. And then you, you know, I think half of the people that wanted to on the album, wanted to be on the album, didn't even send their verses. <laughs> they didn't make the album, you know. It was, I mean, first, I mean, after one day, it was like 30 people, you know, because I was doing an announcement in my, in my Facebook. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that album with uh, Thrust OG, and it's, we want on every track at least four or five features. So the people bombarded Wait, me. Well, hold, that, hold on. I don't want to interrupt you because I know you're right, but just for the for people who don't know us, I want to go in the order because we so we basically what he said, we finished the album with Danka. We did an album September, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And we went from that into like, but thank you had stuff coming out. And, and then we uh, both, I'm like, yo, both if you want to keep doing beats, let's just keep working on stuff. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. we finished the solo record for myself, which is coming out later this year, Broken Arrow. Right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. at the end of that, we had, we did Straight Through the Roof. Remember Straight Through the Roof was from my, was originally supposed to be on my solo album record. That we right, both right, did. right. But then we had too many tracks. We just kept doing songs. We didn't know how many songs we had. <laughs> it was crazy man we had all and then we were doing feature songs too so there was so much music going on we're doing that, these tracks and there's all these other side tracks we're doing right right and then at the end of that you were like hey man listen back i think we have enough music and the album we want to have more solo tracks on the album and that's we're like maybe we, and i'm like well let's just do like a wu-tang kind of like project you already have all these other mcs that we use right and, and in my camp, I got tucked on and thank you. The record, I go, let's just take these dope rappers here and just start another project because the energy was good. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then we started, and we were like, okay, this is going to be all collabs. This will be easy. It's a little funny, though, right? I mean, but how did you, now, well, this, now you plug back in. This is the part of the story because this is the part of the story I think is dope. So after I talked to you, tell the people how you started the project. Didn't you go live or something? When you went live, what happened? Didn't you say you, when you told me about the project, I remember I was at work and you told me a story, but you decided to go on Instagram. All right, yeah. Don't you remember the start of the project? You went on Instagram and you said how many rappers want to, you're doing a project with? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And then after I went live on, on, on uh, actually it was, I think it was live on Facebook. Oh, I don't know. I was at work. Yeah, yeah. I think it was live on Facebook. Yeah. And I, I made this kind of announcement that, um, that I'm, um, that we're gonna do a, a album with a lot of features. Like, uh, so we, who wants to be on the album has to be dope. And then the people started to send me links, like uh, where I could listen to the music, whatever, however they sound and stuff like that. And uh, that's how it started. So I think at the end, there were about 60 people that wanted to be on the album. But I said, okay, but I can't wait forever, right? So we gotta get it done quick. So in uh, and, and that time, 
at least like the people who were on the album made it in time, but there were more people who wanted to be on the album. You said you had to shut it down. You said it was, you were like, I got to shut it down. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, you do an idea, Tom. Hey, we're going to get like two people, five people. Yo, 60 people, man. I was eight. When of those 60 people are? That, that seems to... that seems like too much work to have to like go through just to find <laughs> out who you are. No, you didn't expect it. It's it's just the average of numbers, but that many yeah. people want to be down on a BoFat beat. You know what I mean? That many people. That shows you, though, like credit to your production, right? How many <laughs> you know, people like, like yeah, I'll take my flowers in it, but a lot of it too is like, yo, they know the beat's going to be dope. They're like, yo, I get honest. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. But the crazy cool. thing, the crazy thing was um, I had to send the beats to everybody, but I had to, you know, send one beat to at least five or six people. But at some point, I didn't know which beat I sent to who. You know, I, I, so when the verses came back, sometimes they just sent the verse and then tell me which, for, what, for what beat that was, you know? So I was like, yeah, but I cannot hear. He just sent the vocals, no ref track, nothing, you know what I mean? So how do I know for what song? There's so many beats. I don't like, know how you do it, man. You know what I mean? I'm trying to... I was trying to remember the artists on like two tracks. Like, oh, we got these artists on these two tracks. And my head was just like exploding. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like for, for, for me, like, uh, like we've been promoting that, like the soon you'll be gone, the straight through the roof. We've, we've been promoting all that on, on the pod jerky productions uh, site there. And, and, and I, and I've mentioned this in the Danku uh, episode as well, but I got to listen to all of this stuff and it was really cool because you're listening to artists that you've never heard of before. So we were listening to, um, Elad Authority, like, you know, artists I've never heard of before. And then one of the tracks that you had on there, uh, because I get uh, kind of priority with the music now, I get sent it because I do a lot of the promo work, is um, the, oh, the German know, rapper. Just so you know, this, this, I had to do this with Thank You. Director Awesome with Tom. This is Tom Awesome. He's the one that does all our promotion. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. All the prima yeah. promo reels, every single commercial, mini commercial. This is the dude. This is my guy. This is like we're this is Thrust OG. You see me and you see me, but it's me and him. Not like every movement, and it's between us the creator. So yeah. cool. when I get the beats, the songs, everything early, like he's the one that gets because he make he has to hear it because he's got to make the real cool. yeah. He's a producer too. He's our vision, cool. our multimedia, he's our media assassin. He's our like our, our Harry Allen, the media yeah. assassin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. But like, you know, what, what I was getting at is like, you know, you I heard one of the tracks and you had a German rapper on there and I, I've never really listened to the German hip hop, but oh, you had a German guy on there and it was like, whoa, this is really cool uh, to hear it in a different language. So that was that was just really cool from somebody who was on the outside of the music business to get to listen to that before it even came out. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I feel you, man. Yeah. That project's going to be special because it, it's, it's, a, it's one of those things we started organically. We didn't even have the title to the end. The music yeah. just came and it was just done. Like we did, it's crazy. So I don't even know how much work you do because the funny thing is we did like, okay, so we did like three records, like a record a month. Then you did all these records with Danku and then you're recording with Chief Record. Then you're recording with Kinetic Nine, Milatathoy, uh, you know what I mean? Jux Diamonds. I could put down a lot because everyone on these records yeah yeah how do you you divvy up your time how do you i guess you know what it is you must work like me you work fast don't you like your stuff you know what you're doing but you work fast you have to yeah i work fast but a lot of the albums like the 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 kinetic nine album that was already recorded like two years ago or Uh, i I just i just reworked it you know i just overworked the beats and then got some features got you on it too right and or the the Elad uh, the, the Elad album we did last year actually, and it was passed <clears throat> by someone else. Uh, a lot of the stuff that still has to come out, but I'm sitting here on 10, 15 albums with different artists that still has to come out. Actually, even now I'm, we are five tracks deep. I'm working with a group from uh, South Africa called uh, Nuke Smugglers. Awesome. I, I, I'm going to send you the tracks. Can, you can listen. Oh. They are so fresh, you know. No, the stuff from down there, I heard. If any music from that region that you hear that gets, and it, if it gets out too, it's amazing. You have to tell, oh man, I, can, I, I got warm and fuzzy. 
You, but see, we, you're we, do, we, you're doing it the right way because you're going like international, right? You're going here, South Africa, you're in North America, you're over in Europe, you're going everywhere, right? So you're getting it from all sides of the world. I mean, if I vibe with anyone, it doesn't matter where they're from, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I love to work, especially if we have the same vibe and the same work ethics, you know, like like with Trust or with Denku, then it's a no-brainer, you know what I mean? Let's, let's do it, you know? So that's why we probably keep on doing making music. Probably by the end of 22, we have albums for the next three years or something. <laughs> yeah, it's getting crazy. One thing is with music, when you have good chemistry, you see with groups that you love, it's not a chore at all. It's not a chore. It, it, it's like an addiction. It's almost, it's become like you have to like, okay, man, just let that down. Because it's not, like I said, it's not time consuming like that. And then the end result is great. You know what I mean? That's a good thing about chemistry. And then once everybody has the same consistency, like we all know within our circle of people that we work with, um, Dave, you, it's like if he sends me music, he knows within 48 hours he's getting something back that's credible. It's hard to say that and know that. How many times, both at, on the other end of the scale, have you sent stuff out like beat and you're sitting on a producer's biggest stories that I said a beat to this guy, it's amazing. And I haven't heard back, heard back of this guy in like 12 months. And then seven other people are asking you for the beat. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Two, that's that's the other side of the point. So when you get people to boom, 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 and you're loving what you're hearing, and it's what you imagined on it, it's like a no-brainer. You know what I mean? So right, right. So, I mean, yeah. also what I hate, I actually hate to sit on music. I hate it because I, I think making music is always it's you know. Sorry, guys, you're getting some light. You're getting some light. The sun's dipping in here. You get some light. <laughs> Keep talking. I got you. When you make it, uh, it's like. When you when you produce a beat, you really want to hear someone rapping on it, right? And you want do you want the people to hear it, like? And then you have to wait like a year or two or whatever, depending on how you release the music. If you release it yourself, that's the fastest way usually, right? Like we have our album out with um, Black Buffalo uh, that's coming out in I think May, April, May probably. But yeah. I was like. Damn, that's a long time. We should release something until then. That's how we actually came up, right? With the idea to do the to do the feature album with all the uh, guest MCs and stuff like that. It's funny. It's momentum, right? We want momentum. Everybody wants its momentum. And you got, and the thing about the game is like, but but is it also time sensitive? Is it also time sensitive because you you have a certain style that you're working on, and then a year from now, maybe that style isn't the same. Uh, as it was a, like the, in the past year, right? I just can't talk for myself, but I feel like I still, I always keep progressing with how I make beats, even the mix, how I mix my own beats and everything. So when I hear a song that's two years old or one year, I already, ah, ah, I, 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 would, I would do it now a little bit different. You know, it is like that. That's true. It's true. Like, that's why I, I actually redid the whole Kinetic Nine album. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't, I, I didn't like the sound anymore. I mean, it's not whack or whatever, but you know, when you progress and when you develop, you always hear something. Then ah no, I don't like it anymore. You know, it's like that. Yeah. So a little bit, maybe in two years, if if I if we do a song now and release it in two years, maybe at that time I'll be like, oh, I, I, I prefer to re remake the beat. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. How to, no, because everything is it's a mood, right? Music yeah. is moves. And yeah. you're in a different mood a year later. Like it's mood in a time. Maybe the mood of the planet was different, right? So it's like we make a record. Say we make a record during these times right now. It's a different mood. Everybody's inside. Everyone like I was thinking even for hip hop. Like it's been weird for us in a sense now because everyone making club music right now don't even matter. Clubs is kind of like our lack, man. So if you're an artist who's making a lot of club music that's done no substance. This is a really hard time for you. If you're an artist right now that's making substance, or you're making good movies, or you're making good television shows, anything with real good content right now, it's kind of starting to win because people already had time to go through all the fluff. I need something good right now. I'm gonna be inside for the next six months. I'm not. I haven't gone to a barbecue in how long? Like you know what I mean? So it's just that thing. It's the same way how East Coast um, hip hop is more lyrical, just for the fact that we have winter. Yeah, it's true. That's true. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> West and the South and the Mid, all those places, they ain't going, they're not, they're still outside without running around. 
But no, what are we forced to do? We inside for these two, three months. If you want, like right now, I don't know what's the temperature. You know, right now, right? It's 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 uh minus 20 over here right now. It's been minus 20 the last two days. Minus, minus 17, minus 20. Yeah. Right now, Toronto, I'm outside of Toronto right now, where I'm at right now. But even with Toronto, Toronto's at minus 10, minus 12. So basically, that kind of weather is just inductive, like you're gonna be dipping it outside, but you in your crib. So you inside have more time to write, got more time to paint. You know what I'm saying? The word, yeah. it's just the whole thing, right? So things come out, come out there because it's just inside culture. And we run outside in the summer for the three months, but even most of the time it's inside. And you're constantly working on that craft. That's yeah. why I think we're we better poets because we have, because drawers, I, I watch all artists, artists that craft every day get a little bit better. Those guys that do all those magazines, they draw like a hundred heads, they draw like 30 heads a day, they still draw heads in every angle, right? Right, 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 yeah. So, that's what it is for people who are creative. And I think that's the thing with us. So you got two types of creative people. You got those people who dabble, go in and out. And you got people like us who every day, like working on the craft, working on the craft. So it's going to get that much better every time because you're consistent with it. And you're not consistent with it because it's something for, for fame. You're just consistent with it because it's just what you, it's in you. You've been doing this since you were 15, right? You can't, I've been doing this since I'm 15. We're the same age. Look how many years have been doing hip hop, man? So long, man. So long. So long. You don't know nothing else, man. <laughs> you don't know nothing else, my G. I don't know nothing. It's like hip hop. We're lucky. Hip hop gave us, like, made us worldly. If it didn't, we'd be. Oh my gosh, in trouble. Because it makes you worldly if you live. Hip hop, hip hop, right? Right? Because it gives you that kind of mind where you have to be expansive on top of technology, on top of things. You know what I mean? When I when I when hip hop made me discover more and more music, but um. But, you know, it's like no matter where I am, when there's a radio playing or there's commercial on TV or you hear music somewhere, I always dig for samples. I'm always like, oh, shit, I got to remember that song. I got to remember that there was like a little bit. I want that bit. You know, it happened so many times, you know, and sometimes I, I forgot. Well, I don't even know what song that is. I hear it on the radio. Shit, what song is that? And I'm trying to remember it and try to find it somewhere. But. Uh, or even movies, you know, a lot of time old movies, the soundtracks. Wow. You just read my mind, yo. I was gonna tell you. Soundtrack. I was gonna tell you an area to look. I seen it. I'll give it you. I don't care. It's it's, it's sure. I seen a lot of stuff on um on the on the digital channels on the TV, the apps, and they have all the retro TV shows, man. Oh my gosh, yeah. dude. There's one I'm gonna tell you off air, man. It's so much music in it. A lot of that stuff, Quincy Jones and all those other big producers did. Like in the 70s, that's how they made their money. They did all those scores for those shows. Those 70s TV shows, there's some dope stuff on there. Because he's going in now, like I said, COVID time, he's going through the extra channels and stuff. Like the Sanford and Sons are up there. All that stuff is up there, man. I'm going to throw people that way. I'm not even looking that way. That's obvious. But I'm, I'm going to throw you some other one. Yeah, but some of those shows, dope. Like I was even watching, what is it even? Some stuff on there that's crazy. Like Sabrina the Witch. Right. Would that sound crazy? I never watched that, but I know what it is. Oh, you know what that is? It's not our kind of show. I have a daughter, nine-year-old. We're watching it. I'm watching it the other day. Oh, my God. Because it's a witch show. Right? You know all the sounds and stuff, man? I mean, the cat talks, I mean, I, mean, I, I watched some. I watched some. You know, some, some movies. I mean, like Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah, I don't necessarily have to watch the movie. I just listen to the music. The music is so dope, you know. There's mm -hmm. movies, films, whatever. Uh, they they have such nice soundtracks that that I actually just watch it because of the nice music. But it's crazy. I, I love music so much, you know. Any kind of music. I'm not mm -hmm. all obviously, but uh, there's so much different music out there uh, that when you really listen to it from your heart, like you know, then then wow. Wow. Plus, is your family a Filipino influence? Because I know I have a lot of Filipino friends here. Toronto has a huge uh, Filipino population, huge. Yeah, I know. My that, neighbor yeah. actually is Filipino, right next door to me now, like Filipino, like right next door, hanging all the time. He's a hip hop dude too, right? Oh, Filipino. Really? One's from Philippines, and one's from, the other one's from the Western Philippines, and and he's from uh, El Salvador. You know, so we got that good mix, right? Hi. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's actually yeah. home right now. He's lucky. He went for three weeks. I can't wait to see him when he come back next week. But uh, yeah, and it's that musical influence. That's hip hop to that gumbo. That's what made New Orleans, New Orleans, like you would, you would love going to New Orleans. New Orleans is like, New Orleans is that, that hub in the South. They created all the music for the Americas, right? Yeah. It's jazz, 
blues, the rock and roll. It was like a gumbo at gumbo, man. When I went to New Orleans, it was so mind blowing. Anyway, does music has to go there because even the culture, you could tell every venue, number one, all the music venues, no cover fee. You just walk in the door. Do you know that direct Dawson? No. When you go down no. to Bourbon Street, no. there's no cover fee. 30, just walk in. There's nobody even at the door, man. You just walk in. And then when you walk in, there's people on stage doing songs. And at the end of the song, they're like, who want to come up, man? I'm like, what? And you see someone from the audience, is this like average white girl come up, grab them, like, I'm singing. Someone just come up, start playing the drum. Dude, I'm almost getting chills, man. And it's a gumbo of music, and you see the whole thing, right? Yeah. And that's the beauty of music. It's from that, then people went out and just created all these other things, right? And that's like your household and most musical households, I find they have that. They have producers' houses who have that mix. They got, if you look at their record collection, it's crazy. Like Power is like that too. DJ Power from Soul Control. His house was like that too. You know what I mean? His dad was, he had both sides. He had Spanish, Black. And he had that mix, right? In the house. And the record collection was just crazy, man. Samba, this, that, Latin, blues. Hip hop, boo. I'm used to go to that record. We look at the whole, it's like your background and the whole wall and all kinds of worldly music. So you want to sample and DJ and mix. Oof. There's so much. It's endless. It's endless. And you, that's why you can make different, that's how you can make that palette of music that you can, I guess, because you have that. You have to know. I always tell people if there's one thing to be an artist that can rhyme and produce, but if you want to be a good uh, producer of music, you have to know music even better. Like your knowledge of music itself. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. be on some Quincy Jones, man. And I find most producers like that, they, they have that. They, they have the long stay. They always have that. Interesting, man. Anything else? That's awesome. Um, any other projects you want? Oh, you got a project out um, right now with uh, Dan Kubaton. This comes out, right? The Craig G? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that one, that one um, is a mix of remakes and actual, actual new songs that we did together. Actually, I got, uh, I also got... Uh, I, I talked to Greg G once for a project I did with Ed OG from Boston. You did a project Ed OG too, man? I got it. On vinyl uh, on HHV Records. Send me, man. Sorry, man. You didn't get so locked in our own, our own zone. I, I heard it, probably didn't know it was you that produced it. I love Ed O. I love yeah. it. That was awesome. We got a whole album together, and um, Ed OG is like the most, you know, it's funny. I mean, obviously, you couldn't remember that, but Ed OG was in, in the early 90s, maybe 90. Three or ninety-two here in Germany. Oh, I was talking to him back in ninety-two and ninety-three after the concert. It was like outside, and they they passed by, and I was, I was shortly talking briefly talking to him. I said, "Hey, a cool show, blah blah blah," you know, like that. And then, um, what, how long? Like twenty-six years later, I asked him, "Yo, I, I wanna I, actually I wanted to only do a song with him, you know, for, for just a song." And I asked him, "Yo, what?" How could we do a track together, this and that? And then they said, yeah, you know what? This is my number. Call me at this and that time. And we talk about it, you know? So I called him. We talked. He was like, man, cool. Then I, I told him the story. I remember you had a show in, in Germany and in the small city called Hildesheim. And he said, nah, I mean, you've been there so many times and so many times. Exactly. <laughs> I said, I, I didn't expect you to remember that. It's all good, you know? But um, but yeah, man, then... then we started up with doing one track, and then I had I got this guy called Mars Mars One. That's a from the states, a, a rapper too. And uh, mm -hmm. we kind of formed a, a group called uh, Drunken Monks. Well, actually, he did all that, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the producer, he's the rapper, and then we did a whole album with LOG together, you know. Drunk I Monks. know that project. Okay. See, I know I didn't know. You see, sometimes you know someone, but you don't know who's behind the songs. That's, that's the only record. <laughs> that's the only record. Actually, if you look above my head, the mm -hmm. there, there. Yeah. That's, that's the album. Can you bring it close? Can you go get it? You can get oh, it from yeah, the chair. Yeah. Let other people see it, man. This is good, man. It looks good when you get it from the chair, too. <laughs> bring it right to the speed. Let's see. Let people go. see. see it? Uh, it's it's kind of reflection. reflection. Can we see it like that now? Yeah, now you can see it. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy, man. And that's dope you got the vinyl, man. That's why it's beautiful. Double vinyl. vinyl. I mean, all the instrumentals, the double vinyl. Yeah. Wow. So that's cool. You got to be proud of that. No, man. That's a classic. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. But yeah, I mean, I got, I got, I got, I think I got one, two, four. I hit, I'm looking on my wall and there's all my records that I produced that, that also appeared on vinyl. I got one, two, three, four, five. Five. Then I, uh, 
GFAM Black, ours will come out this year, then the Great uh, uh, G one with Denku. We got another one. Uh, I got another, rec I, I can't say it because the label never uh, announces their releases. Until, yeah, it's one of those. We got another it's one. Quite yeah. a known, it's quite a known uh, underground label, I would say. And a lot of uh, <laughs> vinyl collectors buy their records from there. Because mm -hmm. you always got this kind of crazy exclusive, exclusive stuff. And Tennis Masters and myself, we have, we have an album. We worked on that for two years. And that, wow. album, and that album was uh, uh, analog mixed. And mastered analog like old well, two inch yeah analog like knee board yeah, two analog. inch yeah man real real deal oh yeah. man that's got so that, that that's coming Ooh. out also early maybe uh april may mm -hmm. two maybe around the same time as our album that's dope, and, dude. so there's i got i mean and, and i only started no i didn't say that but i had a break from making music let's say in, i never stopped making music but you know, um, 2004, I moved to Asia. I lived there for six years, three years in Hong Kong, three years in, uh, in the Philippines. Uh, and at, during that time, I didn't do any music. You know, just listening and living my life and doing my thing. So um, when I came back, maybe 2009, I came back to Germany. Then um, I started, I had to start from scratch here in Germany. Mm -hmm. I, I, did, I had nothing, nothing. I lived first in my friend's crib. And then uh, from there, I built up, you know, so and uh, I was already together with my wife, but we, we weren't ma married yet. So 2012, we married in Hong Kong, actually. Yeah. And I brought her to Germany. And then after the two years, I started to make beats again. But I didn't go public. You know, I just made beats for myself to relax, you know, just mm -hmm. to make, you know, and it's only like 2000 early 2018 that I started to go public with my music again. Mm. And I, um, at this time, nobody from here was doing any music anymore from Germany. No, I mean, I, I knew so many rappers, producers, uh, most of them had family stuff, you know. Um, so I, I was going online and then that's how I started to, with small steps, you know, I, I met some MCs online and we did some tracks here and there together. And then it built up. And then at this time already, imagine this, like after three months being public, like when I say being public, just being on Facebook or sharing links to my beats or whatever, uh, there, this, there was a, that's when I, a, a dude came to me, uh, actually a dude, a, a nice guy, right from a, from a label in England. And he said, man, I like your beats. Don't you want to do a project or something like that? You know? <laughs> and I said, yeah, man, I mean, I'm working on some stuff, you know, and um, so that's actually then my first album came out uh, 2019. And after that, and now I already have like six, seven vinyls. Wow. <laughs> Everything like such a short time, you know, after yeah. two months, a friend of mine who's DJ Bruce Fingers, who never stopped making music, he was like, how you did that, that this label, because he collects <laughs> the albums, the, the vinyls from this label, how how you do that, that you, after like only three, four months, have a little uh, uh, contract. And it's, it's just for a certain number of records, right? Like limited, but doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Yeah, I was like, I even get a little bit of money for that. And wow. <laughs> you know, you know what it is? Because like I said, you just kept at the craft. Like yeah. when you do the craft for the sake of the craft, the universe gives you things back, man. You did it for the, the pureness of it. And then you got to a point that you did it all the time. And then when you decided to, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to present it and not hoard it. You're going to share it. I think it was just natural for those things to happen because you had, and you had, you put in the time, dedication, and you had the, 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 you just stayed the path. A lot of times just staying the path, you win, man. A lot of people quit, man. My friend had this analogy of like, it's like a flower growing. You ever seen how a flower grows? Like 80% of the flower's growth is like underground, right? And then the flower comes through the ground and then the stem is coming up and then the leaf, the, the thing comes out and then the thing goes out. And then it, the top part, the flower, even the flower is done, it's still closed, right? A lot of people, they quit when it's closed. Yo, the sun's about to hit, it's about to open up, man. Word, yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. So people stop the whole process in different ways or they sabotage it right at the top, which we see a lot with artists too. You know it's about to be a big, yo, shot at, nice. You know what I mean? 
Red Rose, man, he just all of a sudden decided to just sabotage, self-sabotage. But you did, you just stuck to it, and then you just challenge yourself, you push yourself, and then and you put it out there. I've always been like that too. Like I, I always keep, I never felt I put it up my like, I don't look like, yo, I gotta have my best song before I put it out. I just do the song. I do my best yeah. with what's in front of me. Like, because it's like I learned about training train the gym. Um, a lot of people see I lost a lot of weight. I was like almost 100 pounds heavier than this. And the one thing that kept me going and that my uh, trainer, she taught me was, Chris, just remember, give, give, you give your 100% every day, which is actually really 85% effort. Because you're 100%, you just be dead on the first exercise, right? Okay. But you're going to give that 100% within that 85% effort. But just remember, every day, your 100% energy will be different. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you wake up today, you're buoyant. Oh, I got all this energy and you're talkative. So you're going to give your 100%. The next day you wake up, you might not be so buoyant. And, and you might not want to turn that machine, but you're still giving 100% within that energy limit that day, right? You still fulfilled everything you're supposed to do. You still open up the file. It's like, I mean, you did the song the other day and it turned into, you know, I didn't want to do that song. We had a song talk. I think I told you, Director Awesome. We had a song, you sent me the beat and I, and I could have just been like other rappers, like, oh, I'm not even good on this, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a beat was dope, but it's just, I know my tempo. I think I messaged you, right? I go, no, it's too slow. It's not my tempo. But I said, no, Chris. Give it your 100%. It's not an excuse. He sent me this for a reason. So I sat there and that took longer than normal. It took me like two and a half, three days, but I gave it my 100%. Every line of that song, I wrote, wrote. I tried to make it sound as good as I can on that beat. I didn't want to even open it half the time, but it started becoming fun. Like, this is a challenge, man. Okay, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you, right? I'm going to finish you. And the funny thing was, the minute I finished it, you sent me two other ones. <laughs> yeah. I didn't tell you. The minute, you know, I got the email, boom, boom, boom. I, I saved, I can send you the message and we'll show you the notes. We'll show you the time. Literally the same minute. This is the universe. Uh -huh. I go, boom, boom. Like, what the huh? Like, I was in my garage writing, in my phone, right in my phone. Uh, it's like I listen to it in the buds and just do something, right? Done. I was actually done. I look like, wow, this is really good. Actually, it's really good. Like, okay, I, I can record it on that beat. And I said, I'm going to record it on this beat. And I'm going to send it to, I, I, just, I always tell Director Austin, he's a witness. He knows every step. So I'm like, I'm going to send it to him. And he's, I know what he's going to do. He's going to flip it on the next beat. You know, we do songs like that. I, okay? You take it, just take, like you said in your production, and you flip the beats. I go, he's going to flip it. So okay, before I send it, let me listen to these first two beats. I listen to the first two beats. The first beat plays. I'm like, this beat sounds like it would go so perfect with that one. I was just going to send to him. <laughs> Yo, I try over it, dude. Like, that's the song you tripped over two days ago. You know when you messaged me back? Yo, this song is so amazing. That yeah. came from the crap, from the one that I just didn't want to do. I fought through. I gave him 100%. I finished it. Yeah, 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 then yeah. you sent me the next beat. Dude, I recorded that song in two minutes. My yeah. stuff is one take. So the recording process is easy. Just getting the writing down, right? You know what I mean? Even the writing's quick sometimes. Dude, it was so quick. And that's one of my favorite songs me and you did. Yeah, that song is so dope, man. You can that song is dope. No one's ready to it. Send it to you after this. Really it's awesome. You're gonna hear this song. This song is incredible. Like it's really, 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 really like it's it's got a thing to it. You'll see. Like you your vibe and it went from and that went from a song. I do. I almost didn't even like. You know that voice with the loud one in your head. Don't do it. You don't need it. You're trust. You can get other beats. Oh, I can send you another 50-50. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's the same ethics, and that's how beautiful things happen. And you let that flower come out, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let was... the flower come out. Let it bloom. <laughs> What's awesome, the, new, the new one you sent today. I... Oh, we got. I told. I told him too, man. The new one. I think that's the best song we did. I think we did one of the best songs we ever. I think so. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I only get like you know when you record and you make a beat, you get a feeling sometimes. And, it, and you've done music for a long time. Yeah, because our stuff is a poly. Well, yeah, it, it, there's a level of good or greatness that we're at. But sometimes you just elevate. It's like it's, it's like a track runner. Both on both was an amazing track runner, but he had like three amazing races. Me and you ran a heat. I had a heat. This one's a heat now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! I haven't heard it back. Dory, Dory, direct Austin. You didn't get it too. That's the only reason why you haven't heard it. I just said it to him before we did this interview. That was this morning. But that's how we work, and that's the thing about music. Like we do it. We don't know where it's going to go. We don't know where it's going to land. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like this show. Me and Director Austin started this show out of the love. I still, to this day, I don't even numbers check who's what. Like, we just do this show. I love doing it. It's fun, and it's going to lead us somewhere. And from that passion, 
and that that authentic, being authentic is going to take you to amazing places. It always does, and that's the cool part about the journey because we're doing our own regional. Remember those regional adventure books, man? I put that in the rod actually. I thought made you smile. You know, you you know, we got the timeline. You know what I'm talking about. Turn to page three, and this happens. Turn to page ten, and this happens. Right? You keep reading that book, and every time you read that book, it gets to a different ending. There you go. That's what we live in our life. Well, Beautiful, man. Anything else you need to say? I think we're good, man. Um, we got that. Where can people, uh, if somebody wants to get uh, some BoFat production, where do, where do they go? Where can they find you? Oh, What's the best way to get at you? Um, I usually upload my beats always to my Bandcamp page. It's just BoFat.Bandcamp.com. It's very easy to find, you know, just BoFat. Or go on Bandcamp and there's a, like the search field or wherever. I put both both out right away. We'll lead it to. And they us. message you on um. Can they message you on your Instagram too? That's cool. That works. Uh, I got I, I got uh I'm on Instagram too. That's both our beats. Actually, kind of I kind of you know when I started to go public, I I called my my name was Bofat, but I don't know for what reason I I named myself Bofat Beats. But actually, I hate it. I hate the, the word beats when it's yeah, the word beats in his name. I hate it. The funny thing is, it's right? It's worth a I was messaged you by mistake on it uh, to, to send you the link for this Zoom. That's ironic you said that. And I looked at it, I go, what's that? I go, oh, I, he doesn't use that. That was my attitude. I know you didn't use it. It was almost like I felt like your vibe. Yeah, it's the energy from both at beats. It doesn't, it's just energy. It's just not good energy. But both at, like, yeah. That's how both of me had. The problem is, is, you know, the problem is, when I, um, because my name on like Spotify is also both our beats, and I can't change it. I could change it, but, oh, no, but you can't, it's yeah. already there. I cannot. Uh, so I have already kind of not too many, but I already have quite some followers there. So um, if I now change back only to both at probably the. the well, it doesn't make sense doing it over there if you start. I know what you mean. But you can do that in the other platforms. I remember I had that too. Yeah. One of my platforms is a little off, but the rest are off for us music. So you try and keep the yeah the content. Actually, it's shitty because I have to. When you you know another thing about Spotify, right? I'm not too good at it with Spotify, but now I I know a little bit. For example, me as a producer, there are literally about hundred to two hundred songs on Spotify that doesn't list me as an artist, right? Only uh, they 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 list me or credit credited me as a producer, but um, it doesn't show in my artist page. When I go my Spotify Spotify artist page, I see what I uploaded or the label that uploaded my records to Spotify. I can see that in 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 uh, uh, Spotify, but I can't see so much music. And I mean, when you have the yearly wrap ups. You know, my numbers could be probably three or four times as high as they are actually are, uh, now, you know, so and, and that kind of annoys me. And then when you want to be, you only can see your music in your artist account if whoever uploads the music, put the producer as a main feature, a uh, main artist. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't get it. If, if <laughs> But to be a main artist, you, your name needs to be on the cover. But my yeah. name is yeah. Bofa Beats, and I don't want the name Bofa Beats on the cover artwork. So no. at some point, I probably have to do another account with only Bofa. Yeah. And then you're going to lose all your followers that you already have there. They're going to have to try and find you on a new one and all that. It's not yeah, worth the hassle. Should be, it shouldn't be such a hassle. That's the problem. And it it shouldn't you, be, but we and, know it but is. But it is right? what it is. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, once you're deep in, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. deep in, you get in there early and you don't know that. Like a lot of people jump in there early. It's not even their fault. You know, that's why it's jumping in something too, too early sometimes. It's it's, it's, it's a dicey thing but because like, are you going to get, which side of the coin you going to end up on? Or any side of the other side? Then you got to change all your stuff around and you have all these followers, right? Yeah. Well, it's like if I went on, I was lucky I was smart enough that all across all my platform, I kept first music. I don't know how I kept it. I just knew to keep it without thinking continuity, right? It was just a subconscious thing. I found a continuity when I was like three deep. By the time I got to my Instagram, my mother two were already there, right? So I was a lucky man. But if it wasn't, like if my if I just started on my Facebook, my Facebook's maxed up. It's been maxed up for a long time. So what if that was like, you know what I mean? Thrust Music Group or something. 
well, what I do now, I meet you, like, right? So, yeah. anyways, it is what it is. You yeah, got to adjust, man. That's yep. it. But yeah, we, we want to say thank you very much for coming on the show. I know it's 5.03 here Eastern time right now. So it's about 11.03 over there right now at night. Uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty late. Uh, but thank you very much for coming on the show. Of course, we're going to put all of your uh, links in our show notes. That's so everybody can find you on Instagram, on Spotify, on Bandcamp and all that. We'll put it all in the show notes for everybody to find. And I'm going to try and get this right because before we were doing the show, Thrust and I were doing some promo and I kind of screwed up a little bit of the promo work and, and made <laughs> the other show. So I'm going to try and get this right. You can find us on the Northern Touch show on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, sorry. Instagram is at the Northern Touch show. Twitter is at Northern Touch six. You can find us on Linktree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash the Northern Touch show. This has been the Northern Touch show featuring music producer Bo Fat. For Thrust OG, I am Director Awesome. Thank you very much for tuning in and wait for us on the next one. Let's go. Thank you. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, buddy.